you and you know if you put the work in, if you ate correctly, uh, you know if you if you showed up to training enough or not, you know. And in that moment, there is nothing you can do to blame anybody else. So it's you versus you. Think Ultimate Podcast. So today we have Hussain Yasin with us. Hussain is a results coach. He shows his clients how to manage their time, take back control of their lives and feel empowered to step up and take their life to the next level. With the power of his coaching, anything is possible. He also used to be a boxer. Also, he helps entrepreneurs make their first six figures by unleashing their mind. So let's welcome our today's guest, Hussain Yasin. Hussain, welcome to the show. Hey, Hamad, thank you very much for having me on your show. I'm happy and glad to be here. So excited to have this conversation with you and learn something new from you. So let's jump on to the questions first. Uh, tell us something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. Oh, it's a great question. What most people don't know. Well, I enjoy ice skating. I enjoy the theater. Most people don't have me down as a... <laughs> Someone who enjoys going to the theater or maybe enjoys ice skating. So that's uh, something interesting. Okay, so you uh, you have done ice skating, right? I've been uh, I've been playing national for like skating. I had a championship. I played a championship in skating. Wow, nice! I didn't know that. Well, you must be good. Um, just good, not good enough. It was like four to five years ago. Oh, nice! Well, thanks for sharing. So, how did you catch the entrepreneurial bug? How did I catch my entrepreneurial bugs? Very good question. So, ever since I was 10, my dad had a business and I just generally wanted to be outside of the house. So, I used to just go with him and slowly, slowly, I would learn from him. I never really saw my dad have a job myself. So, I, like to me, the norm was always someone having a business. So, when I was 10, I used to go work. Uh, for him, really, I wasn't working. I was just eating lots of crisps and sweets. But I thought I was working and he'd pay me a little bit of money. And then uh, I started having money as a little 10-year-old. And I thought, this is interesting. You know, like not many people have money. Everybody's asking for money off their parents. Uh, even my own siblings were asking for money off, their, off my parents. So I kind of got that. And then, you know, later on, I was like 12, 13. My dad would go on holiday and leave the shop, the business to me. And of course, he had staff, but I was like running the shop at like 13. I was selling cigarettes to people. They're like, oh, how old are you? I'm like asking people for ID if they can buy cigarettes. They're like, how are you asking me? <laughs> how old are you? So that was really where I put the entrepreneurial bug because I grew up as a norm. Like it was normal for me to not have a job. Okay. So as you are a results coach, so what is the most important personality trait someone would need to work in industry to be successful in your job? So to become a coach, you mean? Uh, yeah. Awesome. That's a great question. And I think the same thing applies to anything in life. Like if you want to become a coach, if you want to become a consultant, if you want someone, if you want to be someone like yourself who's hosting a podcast, you've got to decide before even getting into it that you, you will succeed. Like a lot of people go into things and they're just kind of like seeing how it's going to go. Maybe I'll try this thing. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it wasn't. It won't. But uh, you have to have a full intention. So like very quickly, there's three types of intentions that people have. One of them is, you know, I'm going to go in to do this thing to prove that it doesn't work. 
It doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for other people. And I'm just going to do the thing to prove that it doesn't work. The second level, which is a bit better, but it's not where you want to be, is, you know, I'm going to have no intention. I'm going to join this thing. I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to become a coach just to see if, you know, uh, this thing will work or not. If it works, great. If it doesn't, then who cares? Like, oh, I'll try something else. And if you want to succeed as a coach, as, as, as an entrepreneur, you've got to go into things with a full intention to succeed because you're going to hit obstacles. You know, you're going to have some challenges. But you've got to make an intention up front before you hit the obstacles, before you hit the, the roadblocks, that this is going to succeed for me and I'll make sure whatever it takes, I will do to succeed. Exactly, exactly. Uh, I've, I had some people who say that when you are trying to execute one plan, you should have a backup plan also. But I don't think so. Because if you have a backup plan, you won't be focusing on plan A with your 100% capabilities. So what do you think about that? Oh, it's a good question. because. I think it's very situational specific. Like sometimes you, you need to have a backup plan. But uh, a lot of the times a backup plan consciously or unconsciously will already put you in a position of inferiority, at least my opinion in this moment. It puts you in a position of inferiority in the sense that you always know that, yeah, there's this backup plan, it'll be okay. But here's, what, here's a caveat. It depends on a personality type. Like, you know, you have some people they thrive off pressure. You know, if they know that there's no way out, this is the only way, they succeed. There are other people that if this is the only way out, they don't succeed. You know, so I, I guess I'll take that a step back and I'll say it depends on the personality type. If you are someone who thrives under immense pressure, then yes, plan A, plan A, plan A. If you are somebody who likes to kind of build bridges before you jump, then use that to your advantage. I think that the answer to that question isn't a one-size-fits-all. It's more, what type of personality do you have? Are you somebody who likes to, you know, be here and then build, 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 and then when the bridge is ready, you just cross over? Or are you somebody who knows that if you always have a backup plan, you never really take the leap? So it depends on the personality and the, the character type. Then um, how did you manage to grow your business so far? That's a great question. I, and it comes from a lot of trial and error. Like ultimately at the beginning, I thought I could figure it all out myself. And, you know, I, I think I and everybody around me, and I think maybe even in your life, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Our parents always teach us that, you know, you, you don't want to share too much with other people. You don't really want to pay for knowledge. Like paying for knowledge is, is not a thing at least in 98% of the world. And at the beginning, I thought I'd figure this whole thing out by myself. You know, I was in the engineering and in, in the construction industry. And I always wanted to leave. And I just thought, you know, I'm going to figure it out myself. I'm going to try and find the job myself. I'm going to try and find another career myself. And it didn't really work until, you know, I hired a coach and then we started talking. I didn't even know coaching was a thing back then. So we started talking and, you know, it was very evident that I couldn't carry on in the construction and engineering industry, but I didn't know what else to do. So there was a lot of trial and error. You know, I tried to do, get into like currency exchange. I tried to do like construction. I tried to like get into other businesses. Uh, I had a construction business. None of those really fulfilled me until I kind of bumped into the coaching industry. And I decided that this is something that not only is this something that I'm passionate about, but this can also help others help others. So, you know, there's a compound effect. 
that's how I got into this industry. And then the way I succeeded, it's just the power of other people's minds. You know, at this point, unless you're building something that's unheard of, undone, which none of us are really doing, let's be honest. Yeah. You got to pay somebody else who's done it. You know, somebody else has made the errors, made the, made, you know, they've tried and errored with things, or even they've paid someone else to, to get their knowledge and they're one step ahead of you. So you got to pay them. So I ended up paying coaches, hiring coaches, consultants, reading books, watching podcasts like this one. And the final thing is doing things like taking action. A lot of the time we're stuck. We're like, we need to find out more information, read another book, listen to another podcast, hire another coach or sign up for another program. And we have, it's just as bad as not having any information. Like you have information overload. You don't even know where to start. So there is a formula that I share. You got to work on your psychology. So your current level of psychology multiplied by your current level of knowledge multiplied by execution is going to equal your success or the lack thereof. So if you've got all the psychology in the world, working on your mindset, but you don't know what to do, you pretty much just know, have a good psychology. If you know everything what to do, but you have no psychology, the quality of what you put out is never going to be of massive value to bring you back a reward. Now, if you have all the psychology in the world and you know exactly what to do, but you do nothing with it, no execution, it's just as bad as having no psychology and no, ex and no knowledge. So you got to even out the equation. You know, you have to work on your psychology, work on gaining more knowledge and multiply that by execution, doing the thing, the next one thing, and that'll equal success. And that's how I think I got to where I am today. It's through balancing out that equation. Exactly. Connecting the dots of knowledge. And executing the plan. Yeah. Uh, so, Shen, as everyone is dealing with some level of difficulties in the business, what are the most common difficulties you are currently facing? What I'm currently facing, it's stepping away from one-to-one -one coaching to group coaching. Because it, it requires a different part of me. It requires a, a level of trust in other people. So, like, I'm going to step, I'm, you know, slowly, slowly, you start to step away from doing everything yourself. To now starting to give other people things to do. And more importantly, it's the, the, the belief that you can still provide value on a one-to-many scale. So right now I'm I'm like very attached to one-to-one -one relationship, one-to-one -one client. And the challenge, which is a challenge that we're working on, is stepping away from the one-to-one -one and maintaining the le same level of connection. So that would be great. And you can train a lot of people at once. It will yeah, save so like, your time. So like having a, an on-demand program or, 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 or training where, because here's the thing, you know, back up a second. The reason why this is a challenge. I am of the opinion that a lot of people love to buy programs. They love to hire out like, you know, these, multi, these group coaching uh, platforms, yeah. like they go into group coaching, but there's nobody really uh, taking taking like taking you by the hand checking in with you are you doing the execution the formula we just spoke about are you doing the execution so what ends up happening is people don't get anything like they hire they sign up for something but they don't get what they came into it for so like quality diminishes so now the challenge is to make sure that people are executing and they're being held accountable at the same level as if it was one to one while making it one to many so like instead of having uh, you know, 65 conversations a week, you end up having like two or three one hour phone call, uh, group sessions, Zoom calls, but you want to maintain the level of quality in the client's uh, delivery. 
So, Zen, what is the growth plan? Oh, my growth plan. Well, the growth plan is this, to continue to seek knowledge from people that are the, at the next level from me while also maintaining uh, a level of execution. Because what a lot of people do when they want to grow is, well, let me stop completely and then continue to move forward when I figure it out. And what I've found is, and this is also in a book called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, yeah. is you've got to be decisive and definite in your plan and then continue to take action because you'll get there way, way quicker than someone who just pauses, waits to figure it all out. And the plan is, as I said before, it's it's really to kind of take me out of the one-to-one -one operations and become one-to-many. That's the growth plan right now. That's great. Learning from the people who are in the place where you want to be. Exactly. Yes, that's it. So, Zen, if you had an extra 10,000 pounds of budget, how would you spend it and why? If I had an extra 10,000, it'll be very simple for me. I would hire the next person who can make the 10,000, 20,000. <laughs> But it wouldn't be investing. So there's a difference between like investing it in stocks. It'll be hiring the person that can help me scale that 10,000. Okay. When you hire a person, you can double it in within two to three months if he has a great mind. But if you put it in stocks or something, you get, you get like 4 to 5%, 8%, 10% returns. That's a great Yeah, but there's the thing. If you're... A lot of people that look, investing is a very, very smart thing. Everybody should do it, but you shouldn't be. Yeah. So you're saying if I had an extra 10,000, I wouldn't put the whole 10,000 into investing because ultimately if you invest in knowledge, then, you know, when you invest in knowledge, the knowledge can expand. And then the result is the dollar sign or the pound sign. But if you just invest like money for money, then, you know, the money doesn't expand when you focus on making money. You've got to focus on increasing your value. So I need to get 10,000 pounds worth of value that I can increase to my mind, in my head. And then when I increase and focus on the value, then that value expands. And the result then is making that 10,000 more than 10,000, 20,000, 30,000. Okay, these are things that you teach in your program, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you can't just focus. Everybody wants to make a million, right? Everybody wants to make a million dollars, million pounds, million rupees, whatever it is. But here's the thing, you know, you see this all the time on the news, people win the lottery and then three years later, they're, they're working as rubbish men. No, no offense to rubbish men, but it's because they forgot the being, you know, it's not have, do, be. It's not when you make the million dollars, then you can do the work or learn the skills and do the activities that are going to then allow you to become a millionaire. you got to become first, be the millionaire. And the way to do that is naturally get knowledge from millionaires or read books from millionaires or coaches from millionaires. Become the person, you know, think like a millionaire, behave like a millionaire, associate yourself with millionaires, do the work that millionaires are doing. And then in the end, you, it's inevitable, right? It's just a maths equation. You will have the million dollars, million pounds, million rupees, whatever it may be. Okay, for this, I have a quote. Like if you take all, everything from a millionaire, he will become a millionaire once again. But if you give a million dollars to a poor guy, he will be becoming broke in just a matter of time. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And it happens all the time when people win the lottery. Yeah. Exactly. So what is your favorite quotation? My favorite quote? There's too many, yeah. but uh, if, if I'm on the spot and I have to think of one, it will be my favorite quote. It's, it's interesting because um, there's a lot, 
But my favorite kind of framework, I know that's not the question, my favorite framework to think from is the, the be, do, have framework. You know, how, how to become the person who does the thing in order to have the, the outcome, the goal. Now, in regards to quotes, there's so many out there, you know, give a man a fish for a day, he eats once, give him, you know, teach him how to fish, he can eat for life, that's one. Um, other quotes, you know, um, you know, ask better questions, the quality of your, your life is the quality of your questions, that's another. Then you've got things about like time management. So there's loads of quotes, but I think it'd have to come back to the framework that I just shared. So, uh, Hussein, if you were to write a book about yourself, how would you name it? Ah, it's interesting. I already began writing a book like 10 years ago. I just never finished it. I would name it Sim Simple Thoughts because everything is a thought, right? You know, you've got Think and Grow Rich as a book. But it's interesting. Before I even found out about Think and Grow Rich as a book, I began writing this book called Simple Thoughts because I, I, I noticed that the quality of my life was the quality of my thoughts. And I wasn't thinking big enough. So the minute you start to focus on your thoughts, everything changes. The way you feel changes, the things you do changes, the results you get change. So it'll just be called simple thoughts. Okay, so then one last question. Please share the journey of your boxing. When did you start boxing and how did you start it? Yeah, so this goes back to when I was like 13. So I, I was 13 and uh, I, I actually had a lot of uh, frustrations and anger. Don't ask me why, but I, I was very angry. And uh, a lot of the times, you know, I was, I was, I was, I was not very. Uh, let's. Let, I wasn't very politically correct. <laughs> so okay. my mother kind of said, "Well, why don't you go to a, a gym or something?" So I signed up for kickboxing, and I did kickboxing from like the age of thirteen, maybe to the age of sixteen, and then from there I kind of stopped, started, stopped, started, and then. After that, I went into MMA, and then after that, I went back into boxing. And that's why I started it initially, so that I can kind of have, focus my anger somewhere. But then the reason why I continued it, I think a lot of the times, it's very easy to escape responsibility. You can say, well, it's his fault. It's Hamad's fault. It's, you know, so-and-so's so fault. It's my wife's fault, my husband's fault, my friend's fault. Until you get in a boxing ring and you've really got nobody else. Like it's, it's honestly one of those moments you have zero people to blame. You and you know if you put the work in, if you ate correctly, uh, you know if you, if you showed up to training enough or not, you know. And in that moment, there is nothing you can do to blame anybody else. So it's you versus you. Yes, you're in the ring with somebody else, but really it's you versus you. And it, it really takes everything out of you. You know, your mindset, your physical shape, your health, your mindset uh, is health. It, it really puts you in a place in looking at the mirror and nowhere else to go. And it's very hard to get that. It's very hard to simulate those same conditions anywhere else in life where you're here. There's nowhere else to go. You cannot look away from the mirror until you go through it. And that's why I think it's a very, very beautiful sport. And I think a lot of people should actually sign up their kids to do that. I think they should get themselves into, if, if it's not boxing, but get themselves into a physical uh, sport. Because again, you know, like any other sport, if you're playing tennis, if you're playing, you know, uh, football, or if you're playing a piano or whatever it is, you're not necessarily getting hit in the face. But until you're getting hit in the face, and now you have to focus. 
You know, I've been training before and you know, I'm not really focused and I'm getting hit in the face. And I'm not getting hit in the face because I don't have the skill. It's because my mind is elsewhere and yeah. I need to be right here. So, you know, you got, it makes you feel, it makes you be present. It makes you have a plan. It makes you execute your plan. It makes you face your demons, if you want to call it that. Very, very powerful sport. Exactly. So I will surely sign up for a boxing session and I will be doing it regularly. But right now, I'm not getting much time for that. Will surely in yeah. the future. Well, it is the thing. It, I, I don't box as much anymore. But what I would say is this. If, you, if you're not going to do boxing, take up running, you know, jogging. Because it's the same thing. You know, when you run, it's you versus you. That's what I do now. I run. So I don't box as much anymore, uh, but I run. So running is everyday, daily thing, you versus you. Your mind wants you to stop. Some days your mind wants you to stop within five minutes. Some days it's like 15 minutes. Sometimes like one minute in, I'm like, I want to stop. But then when you pull through and then you finish the run, it's euphoric. Okay, getting out of the comfort zone is the main goal, right? Absolutely, yeah. So thank you, Hussain, for joining us. It was an honor to host you on our show and you shared some great, like, great tip for everyone out there. And hope they have learned something new. Keep watching, keep listening, guys. And once again, thank you, Sam, for joining. It's a pleasure of mine to be here. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs>